This week on VoiceOver Voices, we're going to hear about SBS, audiobooks, promos, accents, anxiety, poetry, tips for voice artists and actors, and chickens, obviously. And welcome to VoiceOver Voices, the weekly podcast where we delve into the wordy world of voiceovers. Each week you'll meet a professional voiceover artist, find out who they are and how they got into this work, and listen while we run through some slightly ridiculous script games which are based on the kind of jobs we tackle on any given day in the studio. I'm Cathy Ogden and I'm a voiceover artist, singer, songwriter and now podcaster. A voiceover artist needs to be able to sight-read scripts, take direction, interpret the client's brief, create characters, moderate their vocal tone, flip from character to character, and somehow manage to do all this within a tight time limit. It's an intensely focused kind of job, and people come into it from all sorts of different backgrounds. And what's more, we're largely invisible to all but our agents, clients, and each other. Well, I'm changing all that, so on with the show. My guest this week on VoiceOver Voices is award-winning actor and voice artist Kelly Jones. Kelly is one of the most prolific voice artists here in Australia, having worked solidly since 2004. She has narrated over 75 audiobooks, including Unbreakable by Yelena Dokic, Angel Puss by Colleen McCulloch, and Walk in My Shoes by Alwyn Evans. Kelly also works constantly in the commercial world, voicing radio and TV campaigns for brands including Qantas, Volvo and the Cancer Council. Plus, she is the current voice of SBS. Kelly is a graduate from the University of Southern Queensland and has appeared in a long list of theatre productions, including August Osage County with the Melbourne Theatre Company and The Lonesome West with the Queensland Theatre Company. True to Kelly's commitment to human rights, she was also involved in Actors for Refugees, telling stories of refugees in Australia. Her feature film credits include Blessed, City Loop, and she's just returned from Outback New South Wales where she was filming a gorgeous short film due to light up 2021's film festivals. On telly, Kelly has appeared in Pulse for ABC, Camp for NBC Matchbox, Channel 7, UK TV series Mrs Biggs, and a load of Australian dramas including Home and Away, All Saints and Water Rats, to name a few. Kelly was awarded the Gerda Nicholson Green Room Award in 2004, nominated for Best Female Performer for Inky in 2008, and received the Martin Bequest Travelling Scholarship in 2007, which took her to Paris to train in clowning and devised performance with Philippe Gaulier. In 2012-13, Kelly studied with Larry Moss and Ivana Chubbuck in L.A., On top of all that, Kelly has two gorgeous kids and is a yoga teacher, who, naturally, voices a yoga meditation app. I can't wait to dive into the world of Kelly, so welcome to VoiceOver Voices, Kelly Jones. Oh, thank you so much, Kath Ogden. That's amazing. I don't even how. who is that person that you just spoke about? Well, that is you, you big star. Hilarious. (laughs) So funny to hear that. You're amazing. 
See, Aww, you're amazing. Well, herein lies the thing. We we never actually get to – we never talk about this stuff. Like we don't meet each other and go, oh, by the way, I was in uh, 45 uh, films, a television series. <laughs> and I'm, you know, like we never actually n- know these things because it's not like we go around reading everybody's biogs. It's so true. I had no idea how many times you have narrated audiobooks. Kelly Jones, that I is know. nuts. I had no idea either. It was actually – maybe like a year ago I think Joe my husband might have googled it and then I did a little compilation I was like how many books have I done because that's how I started my voiceover career was in audiobooks so that's kind of why I think that I'd just done I did so many that was kind of my training ground in a weird way so tell me about you went through University of Southern Queensland. Yes, I went to the same uni as Kate Murphy. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yes. 10 years apart. We had the <laughs> same lecturer, which was when we both found that out. That was such a delight. I graduated in 98. Got it. So I'm old, darling. I'm older, old. so worry not. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> tell me about coming out of uni and then how mm. did you get into doing audiobooks? Did you just – did you get an so, agent? How? No. So I – Graduated from from drama school and we did a showcase in Sydney at the Wharf Theatre um, back then at um, Sydney Theatre Company. Mm-hmm. But we'd also done a showcase in Brisbane because obviously Toowoomba is quite close to Brizzy. And I ended up going with the kind of main Brisbane agent at that time, but they had an office in Sydney. Right. So I moved to Sydney when I first left uni and I was like, I went straight from school to uni. So I was quite green. I was about 21, I guess, when I left. And then I did a few years down here and a few years of travel and kind of all over. And then I landed in Melbourne in about 2004 and I did my first show at Melbourne Theatre Company and we did the Joanna Murray Smith play Honour. And during the run of that, I met a beautiful actor who actually I think is with Scout now named Deirdre Rubenstein. She's a very well-known Melbourne um, theatre actor and voiceover. And she was working for what was the National Information Library Service, which is essentially Vision Australia. And they had this kind of section where they used paid actors and then they had also lots of volunteers that narrated audiobooks. And she said to me, you know, what are you going to do when the run of honour finishes? And I was just going to go back to waitressing because that's what I did. Mm -hmm. And she said, you should come and meet my producer, Robert. And so I did. And he just, I'd never narrated a book in my life. And he just took a punt on me. I was really lucky. And then um, it kind of went from there. So then I would probably do like a book every couple of weeks. And so it was mainly Australian titles that we did back then. Um, And then I started branching out. And I did work for Belinda as well, who were one of the other big audiobook companies back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a, a few books with them as well. And from there, so I was doing that and I loved it. It was super creative, but it didn't pay fantastically. No. Still. And then I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it still it may, it pays better than it did, you know, 15 mm. years ago. But um, then I met, I must have met an actor down there who kind of introduced me to the world of commercial voiceover. So then I put together a demo on my old computer Mm -hmm. um, and I literally just listened to ads on radio and TV and copied the script and recorded myself on like the shittiest equipment ever and Mm -hmm. had a CD because it was obviously CDs back in those days and I took my CD around to all those. So I had an acting agent but they didn't really have much of a voiceover arm so I just kind of did it myself and just, you know, walked the streets and dropped off my demo at all the studios in Melbourne and then I slowly started getting work and then I would start splicing kind of proper jobs in with the jobs that I had made up on my computer Uh 
And then um, I started approaching agents, sort of voiceover agencies. So I approached RMK and EM mm-hmm. and I just got knocked back kind of year after year. But funnily enough, I think Kathy Evans at that stage was working. I can't remember where she was. She was either at EM or RMK. Yeah. And this was back in like probably 2008, 2009. I would always get these. It was never a no. It was always just a go away, get some more experience, do some more work and come back. Um, then I was doing my third show at MTC, a show called August Osage County. And I was working with Rebecca Robertson, um, who's also with Scout. And she had recently joined what was Kathy Evans. And then mm-hmm. she said to me, you should send your demo to Kath. And because she'd just broken out on her own and started her own agency, which I think you might have been. I was, yeah. At that point. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course. So that was like 2010. 10, I think, end yeah. of 2009. So I sent it to Kathy and then we had a meeting and and that was it. And then I went from there and I joined the agency and I was living in Melbourne. And then she said to me, I think you should move to Sydney. I think you'll get more work. And life had kind of panned out that way. And so I did. And then my career really began, I think, commercially as a voiceover yeah. um, when I moved to Sydney and had and joined Kathy. That mm. makes so much sense. I get it now. I had no idea of any of all that. Right. <laughs> so a different go. trajectory to, you know, yourself, obviously. And I mean, everyone really, I think well, we all, that's what I love about VO is different. that everyone comes from such different backgrounds and their different ways of getting there. It's yeah. fascinating. So, so interesting. So tell me about, um, I'm really interested in in the work that you do at SBS mm-hmm. and being the voice of the station, uh, the female voice of the station. I believe there's a guy who- There is, yeah. Dorji. Yeah. Yeah. So the two of you just have such beautiful voices and I can utterly oh, see why, why it's such a, um, I don't know, a, a, well, put it this way. I love SBS and I get that they would want your kind of voice for that because you, have a, you bring a dramatic context to everything you do because you've had so much experience in acting on stage and in film and TV. And because I think no matter what script you're reading, you're telling a story every single time, aren't you? Even if it's a short script or a promo or whatever. And I'm really fascinated in what you actually do in the studio. Do you go into automatic pilot and go, right, I know what I'm doing with this? Or do you sort of tell me what you do? I am fascinated. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so it's it, it kind of depends on the producer really. So generally what happens is it's it's usually an hour session and each producer is allotted 15 minutes. And so pre-COVID, um, everybody was in the studio together. So the producers would come in one by one. So it might be, I mean, it would depend. So there'll be someone who does what's called lineups. So lineups are where it's like um, uh, 7.30 tonight on SBS. Um uh, 24 hours in emergency and then it'll kind of list the shows. So I think they're, mm-hmm. they're what we call lineups and they usually go in between the shows yeah. and then we'll have the actual promo for the show. So say one of the producers, Joe, might be doing um, – they love train shows on SBS. Um, mm-hmm. It's that guy. I can't oh, remember yeah. his name I love now. those train shows. Yeah, the guy with the loud shirts. He always has yeah. these like oh, really bright colored shirts. Yes. Like green – his name will He's come brilliant. to me. I adore It'll come him. to me too. Yeah. I've completely forgotten. How can I forget it? I say he was an MP in the UK. Oh, was he really? Yeah, that's oh, where I didn't he started know that. in oh, life, cool. in politics, and ended up oh, – Michael, Michael – Ah, Michael who? Michael someone's railway journeys. Yeah. It'll come to me. Yeah. I'm okay. trying too hard to think mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. So, yeah, so say it's it's that particular promo. Yeah. Then I guess each promo has a feel. So the producer will come in and they'll be like, okay, so, you know, this is, you know, maybe it's um if it's, you know, Michael, 
la la la. Um, then it's usually quite bright and warm. And so, you know, I kind of slot into that place. It's sometimes I feel it in my body. I suppose you would probably get the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. you kind of like. Just remembered his name, by the way. Oh, what is it? Portillo. Michael Portillo. <laughs> How could I forget it? Yeah, it's that warm, bright, there's a smile to the read. Or then if it's something a bit more serious, like there was one recently that we did, which was a beautiful, I didn't get to see the show, but beautiful promos they made for it called Addicted Australia. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah and it followed yeah. Um, those people on their journey from, you know, through addiction. And of yeah. course, so that had much more of a somber tone with, you know, sort of more gravitas to it. Mm-hmm. And I guess now, because I've been there for a few years now. Yeah. Um, I feel so lucky to have that job, but now I guess I know I know where things live, mm-hmm. um, and I know and I know the producers really well as well, and so we have a particular kind of a shorthand, I suppose, communication with each other. Yeah. So sometimes they don't even give me any direction. We just we know what it is. Either maybe it's a show we've done a lot before. Or it's, you know, a second series or third series. So we just kind of know it. And then during COVID, I was recording everything from home. So that kind of really worked in my favour because it was like, oh, it's that show. Or, oh, it's that show. Great. I know where that lives. And if I wasn't directly communicating with them, which I wasn't in the beginning, then I was able just to record it all myself and then send it off. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get any feedback ever because I guess I've been there for so long. I knew where everything sat. Um, Got it. Because I think that collaborative process, I don't know, that's the way I liked. I really love that. That's the part of, of this world and this work that I really love is, is you know, interacting with other people and creative minds and the play of it and, you know, pushing the boundaries and seeing what we can get in that, you know, hour. Yeah. Um, or yeah. however long you're there for. <gasps> Wonderful. Well, we are now going to collaborate. Did you, Hooray! Did you see how smoothly I did that? That was such a good segue. Yeah, I don't think so. I do. I'm going to just reach over and get my telephone because that's got my script on it. Two in a booth. Two in a booth. So we are are a couple of chickens, Betty and Harriet. (laughs) Brilliant. And then at the end, you'll see that there is a voiceover, regular cheery Ah, ad voice. Yeah. Oh, yes. I've loved hearing the other guys do this one. (laughs) I loved Mark's T's and C's apply. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to steal it. If I get to do it, oh, I'm going to Oh, yeah, it. please do it. <laughs> so I've got a slight Christmas kind of vibe to this because we are getting close to Christmas. So, Two. And who doesn't love a drop of Christmas? So here's the thing. I'm going to spin the mm. wheel. Oh, yes, the wheel. The wheel. And I I'm get going- to do the wheel. <laughs> We're going to find out what you will be. Okay. French. Oh, French. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, my husband's French. Are you happy about that? Yeah. Oh, yes, Absolutely. of course. Yeah. Oh, the wheel of, of joy. It's not the wheel of doom, it's the wheel of yeah. joy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, reframe and that. <laughs> and your character. Oh, so my Betty or Harriet? Oh, oh, sorry. You're excited. You're an excited I'm French excited. person. I'm excited. I'm an excited French person. Ooh. Yeah. Don't oh, think you're exist. Harriet, I think. I'm Harriet. Okay, yeah. great. Uh, um, I think I need to practice my uh, French accent. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, you have to get into it a little bit, don't you? Wait, okay, exactly. and so you, you are excited in French and I am... Are you from the deep oh, south? Funnily, funnily enough, it just came off as USA. I promise <laughs> I did not do that impossible. You do a great American uh, accent. Oh, I don't know. Well, I'm... Yeah, okay. From what well, I've you, heard. you choose which American accent that I, I do them Can with. you do a deep south? I can. Can you do that I one? Can, oh, I'll yeah. I love that one. I love that one, too. Oh, it's so good. You do it so good. <laughs> I don't know. You do it so well, sister. 
Okay, here we go. And my character. All right, here we go. Oh, shit. Well, I'm excited. My character. Oh, I got to get out of this one. I'm excited. French. Okay. D'accord. I just came up with monotone, though, my character. I'm not sure I like that. How do you do monotone and. Okay. I'm monotone and I am from the deep south. I love it. Okay. Okay. I'm going to get uh, my French accent. Uh, this, this will this be really the first hard. Time will, uh, this combination has ever happened anywhere. I'm going to be bloody traveling you. all over the world. I can feel it. <laughs> D'accord. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Where I, I'm, I'm monotone. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Harriet, I just laid an egg. Really? Yep. Look. Oh, that's a good one. A good egg. <laughs> I see what you did there. Funny. Hmm. I reckon I could lay loads more eggs if we had a better nest. I feel you, Betty. This old straw is so flat. My last egg rolled right off as soon as I laid it. Poor old Humpty. May he rest in pieces. Don't count your chicken. You're cracking me up. This is no yolking matter. It's really not a yolk, Betty. This hay is the last straw. <laughs> oh, are your chooks planning a coup in the coop? Cheer up your chooks this Christmas at Pet Palace. We have a full array of new and exciting treats and toys for all your fishy feathered and furry friends. Board budgie, crazy cat, forlorn fish, depressed dog, churlish chickens. We'll find exactly what you need to perk up your pampered pets and make their lives playful and perfect. Come to Pet Palace. It's paradise for pets. T's and C's apply. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> I was like half. I was half German, half. I was like, I was somewhere on the border between Germany and France. Well, that, that would that would make sense. Yeah, we, we didn't, uh, you know, Swiss actually Swiss geographically Swiss locate the accent, so you could be German Swiss. I've got I love your script. They're brilliant. <laughs> actually, I love that one so much. I actually want to do it again. Can we Hooray! do it again? We can. Can we, can we do it again? We sure can. Oh. We could just do we spin the wheel again? Yeah, Yeah, let's do that. Actually, no, I'm going to play by the rules because that's what I do. Okay. Okay, Harriet. Spin that wheel of joy. We can swap characters, though. Is your wheel on your iPhone? Yes. On your phone? Yes. Okay. Brilliant. Do you actually spin it with your finger or do you press uh, it? No, I just press a thing. And And then it it does a little spin. But the problem is, it it always comes up with the same thing. Anyway, here we go. Here we go. I'm going to spin your accent. Is UK posh? Oh, UK posh, perfect, mm. darling. And your character is oh, yes. How exciting. Excited. Oh, I'm excited. I'm so excited today. Oh, that's feeling so me worked, wanting to be on your it? podcast. <laughs> it really does. Really does. <laughs> oh, marvelous. And I am going to be. Oh gosh, I get the Russian again. I always get the oh, Russian. Oh, you're so good at the Russian. Oh, thank you so much. No, um, you're very okay, good. Okay, and my character is going to be. Nervous. I'm a nervous Ooh. Russian. <laughs> oh, my 
god, I love it. Nervous Russian. Okay. Oh, you're so good. Right. I'm. I'm excited. UK. We're going to. Um. We're going to swap. So you're going to be Betty, and I'm going to be Harriet. I'm Betty. Okay. Perfect. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Here we go. Okay. Okay. Very good. Harriet. Harriet. I laid an egg. Really? <laughs> yep. Look. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You're so. Just... <laughs> I, can't... I can't remember oh what god. I'm doing. You're Russian. You're nervous. <laughs> Nervous, darling. Oh, God. Nervous, Russian. Okay. All right. Sorry. I'll just oh, God. Let's do it again. Okay. Start again. No, right. let's start let's again. Let's start again. Okay. okay. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Oh, terrible. I get the giggles. It's terrible. I know. You know, so sometimes I. when I get the giggles, I have to actually pinch myself so in the session. <laughs> and I have to say to myself, you are a professional, Jones. You're going to get fired if you keep being a silly little girl. <laughs> It's terrible. How terrible is that? I don't talk to myself very nicely, do I? Anyway. No, right. but it's good. It's the go. only thing that pulls oh, you out of it. It's great. Mm. It is. It really yeah. is. Okay. All right. All right. Here we okay. go. Okay. Professional. Here we go. Yes. All right. <clears throat> Harriet, I laid an egg. Really? Yep. Look. Whoa. That's a good one. A good egg? <laughs> I, see. I see what you did there. Very funny. Mm, I reckon I could lay loads more eggs if we had a better nest. I feel you, Betty. This old straw is so flat. My last egg rolled right off as soon as I laid it. Poor old Humpty. May he rest in peace. Don't count your chickens. Oh, you're cracking me up. This is not a yoking matter. It's really not a yolk, Betty. This hay is the last straw. <laughs> That's my disgruntled chicken noise. Just did a snort. I just did a pig. <laughs> do you want me to do the end? Boy, yes. Hang on. Are you to- in my? What do I do? There we go. Let's go from there. Are your chooks planning a coup in the coop? Cheer up, your chooks! This Christmas at Pet Palace. We have a full array of new and exciting treats and toys for all your fishy, feathered and furry friends. Board budgie, crazy cat, forlorn fish, depressed dog, churlish chickens. We'll find exactly what you need to perk up your pampered pets and make their lives playful and perfect. Come to Pet Palace. It's paradise for pets. T's and C's apply. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Accent is amazing. Oh, I don't know. I sort of was going into. I don't know where I was going there. That was weird. That was a border with somewhere else. <laughs> I had to do a Turkmenistanian accent once. Uh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. sustain it for like a two-hour play. How Hilarious. did you find a source for a Turkmenistani accent? That one was hard. Lots of um, kind of YouTubing, and back then that was kind of ten years ago, so that was tricky. But I did. The first audio book I did was that one that you mentioned, The Walk in My Shoes, and that was Afghani. Ah, oh. And that was when I was working with Actors for Refugees. Uh-huh, okay. And there were lots of um, Afghani refugees that we worked with. So I was able to, I met with someone and she helped me go through the particular words, especially that I was having trouble to pronounce, and then to sort of hear her accent speaking English. Uh-huh. And then I did a Palestinian book as well. Um, and same thing, I met with that lady and um, she was incredible. She taught me loads of things about the about Palestine and the culture and food and it was incredible. 
Wow. See, it's so good when you go into such detail and and honour the people whose accents you are using for the books like that. You know what I mean? You really are. You're doing something that is is for them so that their stories can get out and that is a beautiful thing. Yeah, and I think, you know, now I reckon with the times that we're in, I think, because this was 10 years ago, more probably, I think that, oh, yeah, yeah, probably 15 years ago, I think now – I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it mm. because I think there would be an Afghani Australian actor or a Palestinian Definitely. Australian actor yep. who would be able to do it or who yep. would do it. And so I wouldn't feel right in doing it, I think. But back then I think I didn't – I wasn't aware, I suppose, of – I wasn't aware of that. I was in my early 20s and I didn't really consider it. But it was also, funny. I was just reflecting yeah. on it recently and going, oh, was that like – you know, was that a kind of not the best choice but – Back then, but I, you know, I didn't want to just do a random accent, you know, that was a mishmash that really didn't honour the culture and the language and the people. And so, you know, I was really fortunate enough to be able to. The writer actually hooked me up with um with the Palestinian lady that when I was living in Melbourne, so I was able to really and talk to her more. And wasn't just about you know the pronunciation of things, but you know about what was going on in Palestine at that time. Which mm-hmm. that's really important know. to know. I mean, it would colour your performance. Yep. As well. well. And that's what yeah. the story was about as well, mm. was, you know, kind of, you know, passing between between Israel and, and Palestine. Well, but that must have been yeah. a tough read. I find that really hard sometimes when I have to read things that are really deeply, deeply disturbing. It's Yes. Oof, it stays it's with you. It's hard, really isn't hard. it? It does. When I did the Yelena Dokic um, biography, her autobiography, yeah. um, Unbreakable, my mm-hmm. goodness, I had no idea of her story. I, we would stop. Like quite often because I was in tears. Um, oh, her, yeah, her story is absolutely heartbreaking. Um, but she's amazing, like such a pillar of strength. And I spoke with her as well um, on the phone to be able to get some of the um, the pronunciation of, you know, different cities and different words, um, yeah, in that same vein. Wow. She's incredible. She's she- such a powerhouse. I imagine she is. What's she up to now? What's she doing? She she lives in Melbourne. Um, this was two years ago that I narrated that book, and mm-hmm. she does a lot of um. Well, she's an announcer. Um, oh. for the tennis often. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't watch a lot of sports on telly, so that's why that would have passed me by. But isn't that brilliant? Good yeah, on her. it is. Good on yeah. her. I'm so yeah. glad for her. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So, um, so, I want to do a promo now. Sure. So the TV show promo that I want you to do is. Mm-hmm. Not like anything you've ever done before. (laughs) It's a classic. No, this is a classic promo, as commercial as it gets. And um, (laughs) is this the one in the the TV show promo? TV show promo. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Christmas cash in the cupboards. Yeah. This is. uh, So it's on seven. uh, No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's. At seven. Oh, on. it's not at seven. Oh, my God, I can't read. It's all right. I'm glad we got this. Slightly dyslexic. <laughs> so am I. Are you? Yes. I am, yeah. I always lose my too? words up. Yes. No. I mean, I've never been, I've never been. you know, formally diagnosed, but I'm just self-diagnosed. Same. I'm pretty sure. Oh, how interesting. We're like the same person. Like we the are. same podcast. Oh, I also was so excited that you love poetry. I love poetry. That's what I've chosen for my little things to read. Oh, I've got excellent. some poetry for you. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so we're going to go into commercial world, and I'm sure. going to get I'm, this time. I'm I'm doing the character wheel. Here we go. Okay. That's a long promo. Sexy minx. Oh, sexy minx. You're a sexy minx. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
I mean, you are, obviously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and your voice. Oh, okay. You want to do Russian? Oh, my God. In uh, Russian, Russian. I'm, I, I think I sound like Count Dracula, but you know, <laughs> I, will, I will do it anyway. What's like slightly this, more like towards the, the Transylvanian, which yes. is, you know... Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think, given that there's no Transylvanian on the wheel, I'm cool with that. Okay, great. Let's go Transylvanian. <laughs> Thanks. I'll take that. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. And I'm going to time you. Here oh, we go. Shit. Okay. All right. So, in three, two, one. Tonight on the first and final episode of Celebrity Christmas Cash in the Cupboards is Trisha's teeny tiny tea set trash or treasure. Will Willow's winter wardrobe winnings be enough to win? Has Helga's hefty hat harvest hampered Chelsea's challenge chances for all the fun, fear and fabulousness of the final fashion and furniture auction? Don't miss Celebrity Christmas Cash in the Cupboards, the finale. Tonight at 7 on Celebrity Central and Celebrity Central Catch-Up. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> you did that just over thirty seconds, which oh, is did pretty, I? pretty perfect. Yeah, well done. You. That's a, that's a tight wall-to-wall script, yeah. lady. Yes, I have I- no idea what I said. <laughs> do you get well, that sometimes when you, you do the first read through? You oh, just have yeah. no idea what you're just no getting idea. the rhythm no idea. and Doesn't matter getting though. the words out of your mouth. Yeah. Ah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. That was so, so cool. funny. Actually, okay, so we'll do it just one more time, really quickly. Okay. But, okay. And then character is. What? Monotone. You get monotone. Oh, monotone. Ah, that's actually quite good. That's a little bit like what happened when Mark uh, did the second read when his was nervous. Oh. So it's kind of quite it's, – it's, it's showing how TV promos have to be, like, up and yes. excited. Anyway, yes. This will be fun. This will okay, be fun. monotone. Oh, okay. Monotone in Russian. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, Oh, got In you. other okay, words, yes, but not sexy pan. minx. No, not sexy minx. Okay, means. I feel like uh, I am. Uh, what is uh, who is that? What's that movie? Uh, Borat. <laughs> Borat, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay. okay, here we go. In three, two, one. Tonight on the first and final episode of Celebrity Christmas Cash in the Cupboards is Trisha's teeny tiny tea trash or treasure. Will Willow winter wardrobe winnings be enough to win? Has Helga's hefty hat harvest hampered Chelsea's challenge chances? For all the fun, fear and fabulousness of the final fashion and furniture auction, don't miss Celebrity Christmas Cash in the Cupboards, the finale. Uh, don't be too excited. Be monotone. Tonight at 7 on Celebrity Central and Celebrity Central Catch-Up. Ho, ho, ho. Brilliant. <laughs> ah, love it. See why they're so crazy. Oh, oh, so funny. Were they so quite cool. different? It's hard very, to know. Very, very oh, different. Were they? And good. the brilliant thing about that is it's like you're so, you're so like bored with all the words <laughs> just come out of your mouth. Like the, <laughs> I missed the S on Willow's winter wardrobe. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, well, you know. Hey, that's yeah, what happens. That's what happens. Make mistakes. Honey. That's what happens. Do it again. Now, yeah. it was brilliant. It's real. This is real. This is authentic. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> do you know what you actually did that in almost exactly the same amount of time as well, just over thirty? Like oh, 30. really? Yeah. 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 Well done, Miss. There you go. So, um, thanks. Right, going back to you've just come back from Canabel. I have. Uh, have you been out there? No. 
but no, I'd no. not been out there either. <laughs> I've never been to Canabal. I've been lots of places in, in northwestern New South Wales and all over, but I've okay. never been to Canabal. So tell me about it and why are we there and tell me about the film. So the Fulham, um, yeah. so Canamble is about two hours par, out past Dubbo. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, long story short, it's a company called Mr. Mark Productions and Josh McElroy wrote the film um, and he had written this beautiful short film um, and uh, someone was in the role that I was playing but um, unfortunately had to she had to pull out and so – Literally, I got a message from him saying, hey, we're shooting this and it's shooting next week and it's in Canamble. And, you know, this is the shoot schedule. Is there any way that you could do it? And, you know, as as we spoke about, I have two little kids and we have no family help here at all because my husband's French and my family are in Queensland. And so, but fortuitously, um, I was already up in Byron Bay doing some yoga training and so the kids were with my mum and dad. And so Ah. I just sort of said to them, hey, is there any way you could keep them for a few extra days so that Joe didn't have to take time off work? And so they agreed to it. And so I jumped on a plane last minute and flew out to hot, hot, hot Canamble. Wow. And so the film, it's Josh's granddad's story. And it's a really beautiful and heartbreaking story um, about a horse. And I won't won't give any spoilers away, but... Um, a boy and his relationship to the horse, um, but it also has sort of overtones of the drought that they've been in for, you know, four years well prior. So they had that big rain, I think, not long after the fires last year. Do you remember they had all the yeah, floods? Yeah. So they got a bunch of rains. So they had an amazing – so we ended up staying with Josh's uncle who has – it's a third generation. Um, they run sheep on their farm and also grow wheat. Mm-hmm. And so it was a working farm. So we stayed on the farm and shot out there and that was such an incredible experience and got to chat to a few of the locals and um and saw kind of you know how the farm runs and then spoke to them about you know what the drought was like for them and their experience but they had a real bumper crop this year they had an amazing harvest this year yes they've literally just done the harvest yeah so yeah so i spent uh six six days out there um i only have a small role but it was just so lovely to be back on set and and in that country like it's just you saw some of the photos but so stunning it is just really such rugged country such brutal country it is and Um, they do it they do do it so tough out there oh my goodness they really do yeah there's such an insight into the way they live I had really had I had no idea I'm such a city kid yeah in so many ways I felt (laughs) like I just felt like such a city kid out there but just beautiful really generous people they really just opened their home to us and yeah it was amazing oh what a brilliant thing to do Mm. and would you do more film stuff if you could I would love to so Mm. it's funny but about a month or so ago, um, so my youngest is two and my eldest is five. So my eldest starts school wow. next year, mm. Lily, and Max is two. And so years ago I remember reading that a woman's brain kind of comes back to what it was before, the same sort of function once the child turns two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so something has shifted for me in the last month and I wrote to my agent and I was like, all right, Dave, like Lily starts school next year you know, Max is too, like, I feel like I'm really ready to work again. And now that the kids are a bit older, you know, it's easier, I think, for us to, to manage, you know, care and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, great. And kind of like, let's get you real out there and let's start pushing things. And there's a lot of American stuff being made here at the moment as well. Oh, yes, of, COVID. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then literally the next minute I get this email from Josh and I, I mean, it was unpaid because it's a short film, but I kind of went, 
I can't turn this opportunity down. I feel mm. like, you know, I, I, you know, I put the call out and was like, right, I'm really ready to, to work again, but work on things that matter. Yeah. Got um, it. And that have meaning for me. And I think greater meaning, you know, and that may be, you know, useful for some people or, you know, to see themselves reflected back or their story or, you know, yeah. how healing storytelling can be. Absolutely. Can be. Mm. Um, yeah. So I would love to, I've done dribs and drabs of TV since having the kids. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able to do any theatre, unfortunately. I'd love to get back into the theatre. So which is but, your favourite medium? Go on, tell me. TV, film or stage? Um, I think I used to love stage mm-hmm. more than film. I found, I mean, I've done a couple of films and then bits and pieces on TV, but I used to find it quite anxiety producing because of the tight turnaround and, you know, jumping into a set of, you know, I would only ever usually have guesty roles. And so, you know, there's a fully formed kind of unit happening and you step in and, and you know, sets can be high pressure places because of the amount of time yeah. that usually isn't enough time. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the theatre is so much more luxurious and just having that direct feedback from an audience as you're performing. I mean, yeah. it's magic. It it's is so lovely. magic. Yeah, but... I do really love the more confident I think I get as I get older and the more I believe in myself and my abilities, the more I feel confident to step on a set. And the more I'm sort of, you know, be quite open, but I've definitely struggled with anxiety, you know, Mm. since I can remember. And I think in my 20s, I didn't really know what it was and I found it really overwhelming and I didn't have the language to understand it. And it really stymied me. Like it really... I stopped for a long time. I just was like, I can't, I can't act. I can't do this anymore. Like I can't manage the feelings that I'm having Mm -hmm. when I'm on set. And so through lots of therapy um, and just sort of really, I guess, accepting myself. Kelly Jones, we are the same person, exactly (laughs) the same thing. I've had had such a battle with, with my anxiety as well. Mm. And um, you should have seen me trying to even go from getting the concept of this to actually having the guts to put it out you know just that but um but no but I'm I'm learning the skills to be able to deal with it which is really Mm. cool it's empowering isn't it once Mm. you start stepping back from it or whatever the tools are that one uses to make their way through it but it can be so oh you know mental health stuff just so overwhelming and so all-consuming you know and we can really stop us and very common in our industry more so than I think you know, we talk about, and I think maybe now things are becoming a bit more open, but I feel like for a long time it was a bit of a, you know, just get on with it, put your head down, bum up and just work. Yeah. And, you know, don't don't talk about it. And, yeah, it was the first show I did at MTC, <laughs> so embarrassing. I was like 24 mm-hmm. and I was working with these amazing actors who are all very seasoned performers and it was a big play and it was very emotional. And every lunch, Kath, it's so embarrassing, every lunch I felt that I did not belong, I wasn't worthy Aww. of being there. Every lunch I would drive home, like a 20-minute drive, have my lunch at home, drive 20 minutes, like, you know, be able to stay there for 10 minutes. And by the time we got to the end of the run and I'd opened up a little and, you know, settled, one of the actors was like, we thought you were a junkie or something. Like, we didn't know where you were going. Like, where is she going all this time? But I just didn't. I didn't feel like I was worthy of being there. But that's what it does to you. It's just that it's, it's yeah. the brain letting, allowing the negative voice in there to just take Yeah, over. that real imposter syndrome, which yeah. I've only learned about recently mm. um, and kind of gone, oh, God, that's what I've got. <laughs> I've totally had that for years. I just didn't thought I was insane. Which is, which is crazy when you look at what you, you've achieved and what you have done and, and your background and your education – Everything that you've done and the fact that you're such a grafter and all the things, you know, and and on top of that, you're a yoga teacher, which means that you must be 
practicing yoga all the time. Well, that's what still... drew me to the yoga. I think ah, was finding okay. a way to calm to the calm brain, yeah, yeah and the body and the nervous tool, system. Yeah. Really, really yeah. is. So, how do you combat it? How do um, you, well, you, therapy well, not combat really it, make friends with it. Yeah, <laughs> and also um, just the old thing, like listening to our mutually favorite podcast, "How to Fail yes. with Elizabeth Day." There was a guy on whose name escapes me, but um, I'll put it in the show notes if I can find that. Was episode. it Mo? Yes. The Mo Gordat one? I oh. think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it might have been him. Was he the one who talked about Becky in his yes. brain? Yes. <gasps> I've got the book. I'll lend it to you. I now call my brain Becky. Do you? Amazing. And oh, for, that was such a revolutionary podcast for me. It was absolutely revolutionary to me as well because mm. I realised now, I realised that when I get a, an unuseful thought that isn't actually helping me solve a yes. problem or anything like that, I, I'm like, hmm, hello, Becky. Yes. Uh, I got this. You can Amazing. rack off, you know. Um, I talked Amazing. to Felicity about this and I can't remember where the, it ended up in the No, it didn't. Okay, it we, didn't. I would have t- remembered well, it. I, uh, apologies, Felicity. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but that little insight about the fact that that voice is not real. It's just your go-to voice in your brain. It happens to be extremely negative. And Mm. if it's not functional, useful, propelling you in a a positive direction, then it's not worth listening to. Just is meaningless. Absolutely. It's so true. Because do you ever get nervous when you do work, when you do voiceovers or when you sing? Oh, God, all of them. Okay. And so do you get that? You see the self-talk? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, look, honestly, if I haven't done absolutely tons of research and and written and edited and rewritten and drafted and re-edited everything that I, you know, all the scripts and everything, mm. I don't feel like I'm worthy of doing it. So wow. that's when my negatives are. And, and actually, if I'm really honest, I could probably do all that in one day. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but I, I, I think that I can't. So yeah. I, yeah. Yep. And I'm I, like oh. you, I'm an over, not an, oh, sorry, I'm not an over-preparer, but I am a preparer. Like yeah. even yeah. you knowing that I was going to be doing this, I was like, right, I need to, I want to listen to the podcasts. Oh, bless you. And, but, you know, any <laughs> job, I mean, not so much voiceover anymore, depending, audiobooks, yes, um, but acting work, oh, like sometimes I would just, I would just go into mad preparing mode. And I actually mm. think in the end it was probably not the healthiest thing. Something about having kids has actually helped me lighten up because I don't have the time to prepare like I used to. Ah. So if I get it, I've just got to kind of wing it. And in a funny way, it serves me well because it's coming much more from that instinctual place as opposed to making – I just, you know, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I would want it to be perfect. Yeah, me too. And it doesn't. Mm-hmm doesn't always work in the creative and also, world, right? it's funny. It, it also doesn't matter. You know what I yeah. mean? Ultimately, that's the thing that I've, I've had to totally. let go of is is the idea that absolutely everything I do and put out in the world matters. It mm. actually doesn't. Yep. You know, I can yep. screw up. It's just realising that not everything is life or death. But totally. when you've got a Becky in your brain, <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> sure. telling you that you'll basically die if you get something wrong. Totally. You know? And it is, it's that real fight or flight stuff, isn't it? Like, yeah. Is that- real survival and when I started to learn about the brain through therapy and like you know the different parts the reptilian and all those parts and how you know the is it the what part gets flooded when you get anxious the Uh, the cortex something my the frontal part of the brain anyway I remember I my um therapist explaining it gets completely flooded and you just cannot make any good decisions in that moment Ah, um it gets kind of yeah it gets flooded with um cortisol maybe your cortisol rises and all that stuff happens anyway once I started to learn 
that side of things, I was like, oh, right, it's really physiological as well. Like it's happening in my body. So, Mm. of course, my brain believes it because it's a lived experience that I'm having, but it's a pathway that's been created in my brain. Mm -hmm. So, once I then started to learn about, you know, the plasticity of the brain as well and that we can form the new pathways, that was really kind of opened up a whole new way of thinking for me and being able to work with it. Do you know, quickly, I know I'm so sorry I'm talking so much, but do you know um, the book Untamed by (laughs) Glennon Doyle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I love her. I particularly love Elizabeth Gilbert as well. I think she's she's my utter hero. They know each other really well. Yes. Yeah. and One of the quotes I have is from Untamed, actually. Oh, yeah? Oh, cool, for later. Mm, All right. Yep. Okay. Look, we are going to do... Oh, so much to talk about. No, 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 you don't talk too much. You talk, you've, Everything is fascinating and wonderful. And oh, I want to throw in you. something really ridiculous. <laughs> yes, please. Because it has to be done. Mm. It is time for the Nonsense Poetry Jam. Oh, fantastic. So well, let's, uh, let's see what yeah. you are going to be. Okay. You are going to be a character. Excited. <laughs> Excited. Okay. And okay. I can do excited again. You can do excited again. You don't have to do excited. I'm always again. excited. Yeah. Okay. And See what else comes up. you're going to get US of A. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sure. I can so that. you have to choose which US of A you would like to be. Okay. Great. Um, I'm going to do New York. Can I do New York? Absolutely. Oh, that really would fun. just work so, so like, well. Totally. You know, I mean, why not? Right. Okay, honey. Okay. Here we go. Can I just go? Just do it. Just All do right. it. It's the nonsense poetry jam. Joint vivacious hedro aspire, gem wicker if snort brass, frolicking door, none whether unmarked or drone braid snipe derailment pie. Entrancing best Acropolis nether blue Yow folk aggrandizement Gritty harpooning of birth front starter Juice ingot swirling mordant boil Turnip gentrification Veil north blinking Tinsel so boomerang morsels Norcat framer is peanut to crevasse Ho piglet shallots Oh my god, turn up gentrification. <laughs> Harry Piglet, Shalot, that's the best. <laughs> I love your poems. Oh do my you, god. Do you really? Do you really I love d- them? <laughs> I can't Harry Piglet, Shalot. Oh, Fantastic. I, that, that actually, oh, I, I love that. That's, that's a very hilarious. sweet Hope Piglet, Shalot. <laughs> that was fantastic. Oh, and your New York thanks, accent. Mate. Good lord. Yeah, I just travelled all over the continent with that one you could just you could totally get away with just being in new york and speaking like that and people would utterly think that you were from there that was fantastic <laughs> they would think i was taking the beer. no they wouldn't because that's exactly Ooh. how that's i mean wow i love new york i love I it i nearly moved there oh mm. i would have happily moved there as well oh same Such yeah good, well you know maybe if you can make it there you can make it anywhere apparently uh, I yeah i don't know where that comes <laughs> so from so frank said yeah oh of course <laughs> yeah frank baby <laughs> oh man so oh. right we have covered so many things i'm just having a quick flick through my questions to make sure that i have not missed anything very exciting. oh okay no i just want okay Quick two best tips for aspiring voice actors or actors. 
<clears throat> oh, these are my tips. Um, it's funny because I've got two clients that I'm working with at the moment um, okay. who I coach. Best and they're current both, tips. Then. Yeah, they're <laughs> both aspiring. Um, gosh, it's a hard one, isn't it? I would say I loved what Felicity said about practice reading out loud every day because mm-hmm. I think, you know, the cold read skill is just the best the best skill to have. I think it's um, probably one of the very, very best pieces of advice. You yeah. Can't, you can't actually do this job unless you practice reading out loud. So that's exactly. it is the number one thing. It really. is the number one. But yeah. then so on from that, I would say, and this kind of comes from, um, so I worked with Larry Moss a few years ago. He's yeah. an acting coach in the States. And he's just huge, basically just on practice. Like every day you do your things. So maybe it's a vocal warm-up so that you're expanding your range. Maybe it's breath warm-up so that you're expanding your lungs and mm-hmm. you kind of, you know, getting to know your body. So I would say like, you know, 10, 15 minutes a day, longer if you've got the time, to do do the work. What's that great saying? Like opportunity is luck meets preparation or something? Yeah, there you go. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. I think that's so true when you look at, you know, all the best voice artists and actors. Yeah. They just, they they do the work. They, they you know, because this is our instrument. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, if we played an instrument, we'd be practicing every day. Whereas I think as, you know, sometimes we don't do that work all the time. I definitely don't do that work all the time. Oh, and no. sometimes it catches me, you know, <laughs> me like too. I wish I me did. Yeah. And like I have a thing on my wall that says, you know, do 10 minutes of work every day. I used sometimes to have I do, um, I practice written in eyeliner on the inside of my shower. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Myself. Yes, because it's easy to forget and we get rusty. We get rusty real You can quick. get rusty and also it's the simplest thing to do that every time you get into the shower, you just do some warm-ups. Kate Murphy was saying that's exactly what she does and she teaches her kids to do as well. So In the shower, yeah. brilliant. Well, you know you've got a five minutes of being able to at least breathe in the steam and do some absolutely all that stuff. Yeah, so true. So, yeah, so I would say that and, then I, and I would say just persistence. Mm. And no doesn't mean no, it means means not yet. There you go. I love yeah. that. Yeah, that was one was taught to me by someone years ago. And so that just really shifted things for oh. me because it's really easy. Like the rejection, I think having to deal with the constant rejection yeah. can be so, it just really can grind us down. And so if you go, okay, it's just, it's not right now, you know? Yeah. Good advice. All right. So I would like to hear from you doing your thing that you, yes, your favorite piece. So I've got two. Um, so I can just do one, or I well, can I'll do just I'll just edit out short. the bad one. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shit one. So the first one, it's from Untamed. You know I'm joking. You do. I know you're okay, joking. Sorry. I know <laughs> it. I know it. We are the same person. So the first one, it's from Untamed, but it's actually one of my favourite poets who I met through, who I not met. Oh, he's dead. But who I encountered through yoga, the yoga world is Hafiz. Do you know Hafiz? I'm at, it's a ringing so a bell. Rumi, Rumi and yeah, Hafiz, so yeah. Rumi is one Hafiz, of the famous yes. Sufi poets and Rumi's okay. teacher, Rumi's mentor was Hafiz. Got it. So Hafiz was around before Rumi. Okay. So this particular one is called Dropping Keys. The small woman builds cages for everyone she knows, while the sage, who has to duck her head when the moon is low, keeps dropping keys all night long for the beautiful, rowdy prisoners. Huffies. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I love it. The beautiful, rowdy prisoners. The beautiful, rowdy it. prisoners. Oh. 
Thank and you. The other one is my other favourite poet, and it's not actually one of her. Well, there's two of her poems that I just love. Um, so, do you know Rupi Rupi Kaur? Mm, don't think so. Ah, you would love her, Kath. Okay. She is a Canadian Indian poet. So this is from her anthology called The Sun and Her Flowers. And the other one is The Milk and Honey or something. She's got a new one coming out. So I'll read the first one. goes like this. They convinced me I only had a few good years left before I was replaced by a girl younger than me, as though men yield power with age, but women grow into irrelevance. They can keep their lies, for I have just gotten started. I feel as though I just left the womb. My 20s are the warm-up for what I'm really about to do. Wait till you see me in my 30s. Now that will be a proper introduction to the nasty, wild woman in me. How can I leave before the party's started? Rehearsals begin at 40. I ripen with age. I do not come with an expiry date. And now, for the main event, curtains up at 50, Let's begin the show. Timeless. Oh, She's amazing. Love that. She's amazing. And can I read one more? Yes, please. All right. So this is like a piece that she wrote at the end of the book. And then there are days when the simple act of breathing leaves you exhausted. It seems easier to give up on this life. The thought of disappearing brings you peace. For so long, I was lost in a place where there was no sun, where there grew no flowers. But every once in a while, out of the darkness, Something I loved would emerge and bring me to life again. Witnessing a starry sky, the lightness of laughing with old friends, a reader who told me the poems had saved their life. Yet there I was, struggling to save my own. My darlings, living is difficult. It is difficult for everybody. And it is at that moment when living feels like crawling through a pin-sized hole that we must resist the urge of succumbing to bad memories. Refuse to bow before bad months or bad years because our eyes are starving to feast on this world. There are so many turquoise bodies of water left for us to dive in. There is family, blood or chosen. The possibility of falling in love with people and places. Hills high as the moon. Valleys that roll into new worlds. And road trips. I find it deeply important to accept that we are not the masters of this place. We are her visitors. And like guests, let's enjoy this place like a garden. Let us treat it with a gentle hand so the ones after us can experience it too. Let's find our own sun, grow our own flowers. The universe delivered us with the light and the seeds. We might not hear it at times, but the music is always on. It just needs to be turned louder. For as long as there is breath in our lungs, we must keep dancing. Amazing, hey? Yeah, and I love oh. the way you read as well. Oh, Therein thanks. lies the reason that you are so beloved in our world. It's just oh, such you. a gorgeous voice. Oh, man. Oh, she's amazing though. Her, yeah. Her writing is just, oh, it's astounding. It moves me every time I read it. Thank you. Well. Pleasure. Thank you. We have been talking for a very long time, I Kelly know. Jones. I just looked. It's at 2.30. <laughs> I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. And I've loved hearing about all of your work and about your life and about your philosophy. And you're just an adorable human. And thank you for being you and being on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for creating the show. And thank you for being brave enough and courageous enough to move beyond your 
doubts and to just do it. And it's so fun. Like the games are brilliant. They're just, they're really nice kind of, you know, breaking it up in between. It's super. Yep. All right, oh, beauty. Funny. Kiss, kiss, okay. kiss. Lots Huge of love. amounts of kisses to you and I will see you very soon. Yay. I can't wait to hear it. It's so exciting. I can't wait to hear who else you get on too. Oh, thank you, Kelly Jones. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Voice Over Voices, scripts and concept by Kathy Ogden. Music produced by Grant Windsor and written by Jeff Franzel and Kathy Ogden. You can find us on Instagram at voice underscore over underscore voices. If you liked this podcast, please rate, review and subscribe so more people can find us. Be kind. Bye.